Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Leadership Podcast. In just a few moments, I'm going to be talking to you about the danger zone of leadership, the danger zone of leadership. But before I do, I want to remind you of some very important dates. August 22nd, I will be in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area with a dear friend, John Nuzzo, doing strategic church growth. In this particular sessions, I will be talking about the five levels of church growth, what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are, what you have to do to break through them, and why many people get caught in them. So if you want to hear that and some more great content, come and be a part. On October 20th and 21st, we're doing our leadership conference here in Plano, the North Texas Leadership Conference. Now, this conference has several levels to it, but being in the room is the most important. So our full registrations are sold out, but our partial registrations are available. And I'm telling you that if you want to be a high influential leader, you want to put yourself in high influence rooms. This is a room you want to be in. It starts October 20th over the 21st. You can go to my website and you can sign up for both of these. Thirdly, for those of you in Plano, Texas and the North Dallas area, we are starting a school of leadership. It will begin August 30th. If you have a desire to grow your leadership capacity, this is the place for you. You can go to gbsl.com and find out more. Today, I want to talk to you about the danger zone of leadership. Really, there are four different elements that make up this danger zone. You can just have one of them and it can take you down. But I want to walk you through four of them. The first one is when anger gets to you. When anger gets to you. We know biblically that this was the Achilles heel of Moses. Moses was a prolific leader, had led well, had led with integrity, had led right in the presence of God, had done masterful things for God. And yet this one part of his life is going to get him. In anger, he is going to do something that is going to redefine his leadership journey. I can't tell you how many times we see this happen where there's one event that takes years of faithfulness and all of a sudden those years of faithfulness are forgotten and the one event is what is remembered. See, that's what anger wants to do to you. Anger wants to define you. Moses didn't get to do things God wanted him to do. He didn't get to take people where God wanted him to take people and he didn't get to do it because anger anger got the best of him. Now, anger is easier today than ever. We live in a volatile environment. There are more angry people. There are more people who deal with just anger on so many different levels, and they're always trying to invite us to the party. They're giving us reasons to be angry. They're asking us to be angry. They want us to be angry. 
there's going to always be something to be angry about. That's what we know. Every day that I get up, there's going to be a reason for me to be angry. Every night that I go to sleep, there's going to be a reason for me to stay angry. Anger is easier today than ever before. There's always something to be angry about. When you're a leader, you struggle with the fact that when you lead, but people don't follow you. When you're leading and you're doing it for the purest motive and you're doing it for the most honest reasons because you're trying to bring people to God and yet you do it and people do not follow. When you lead and people don't follow, it can make you mad. When other leaders on your team don't get on board. When you've created a leadership team that should be the catalyst for the most positive moments happening, but you have a leader or maybe two leaders that just won't get on board. They drag their heels. They come up with the spirit of negativity. And man, that can get you angry. When resources are always a challenge, when you have this great vision and dream that God's given you, but every day is a struggle. What do we have? What can we do with what we have? And so you're always struggling. The dream is one side, the size, the resources are another size. And as a result of that, you're looking. And when your personal problems are growing, see, every leader leads where they lead people publicly, but they still have to experience life privately. And maybe there's background stories going on in your family. Someone's not feeling well. Someone's going through their own trauma. Someone is going through their own moment of darkness, and yet you have to lead. And you're thinking to yourself, well, here I am, and I have to lead during this, and everyone else gets to be consumed with their problem. So when you have to lead and others don't follow, it can make you mad. When other leaders don't get on board, it can make you mad. When resources are a challenge and you have this great dream, it can make you mad. And when your personal problems are growing, it can make you mad. So here's the thing about how anger gets you. Anger always wants you to keep score. It always wants you to keep score. It always wants to put that jumbotron right before your eyes. It wants to tell you wins and losses. It wants to tell you points ahead and behind. And if you start keeping score, what happens in life is you realize life's not fair. We live in a world that's not fair. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to others. Fairness isn't a part of the equitable system built into this society. This world isn't fair. And when you start keeping score, you end up losing because you're going to focus on the fact life's just not fair to me. And it's true. It's not fair to you. Life's not fair to you, but God's more than fair to you. So you have to understand that when you keep score, you're beginning to enter in to the territory of anger. 
when expectations and reality don't match. When we have these great expectations, we have this level 10 vision, but we have this level two reality. And when you are a level 10 thinker and level two is what happens, it can irritate you. It can frustrate you. It can cause you to become angry. And when there's disappointing results, when you've created this entire system to maybe have a moment in your organization, but the weather doesn't cooperate, uh, key elements fall apart at the last moment, and all of a sudden what was a high energy moment becomes nothing more than surviving the event. Now, all of these things can make a leader angry. They can make me angry. They can make you angry. But the Apostle Paul gave us the one decisive key to handling anger. He said in Ephesians chapter 4, he said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, what Paul did was he gave us two thoughts there. First of all, he said, there are times when you're going to feel angry, but you have to put a clock on the anger. There are times when things are going to make you mad, but you've got to put a clock on it. As I like to tell people, anger cannot tell time. That's why you talk to someone and they can have these emotions of anger and you would think it happened to them yesterday, but it happened 10 years ago. Why is it so alive today? Because anger does not tell time. You have to put a clock on it. And what did Paul say? He says, you've got till sundown. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing with, you got to put a fork in it. You have to say it's stopping now because if you don't put it on a clock, it will run you the rest of your life. So the first danger zone is just being angry. And as I said, there's more opportunities to be angry. There's more reasons to be angry. And there's just so many things to be angry about. But you've got to put it on the clock and you've got to say it's stopping here. The second part of the danger zone is complacency. When complacency grabs you, when you have the emotion of just coasting or you think that you can just mail it in, that somehow you get to coast in a moment of life, you get to mail it in. This is a tendency that God warned Israel about in the book of Deuteronomy. In the book of Deuteronomy, he said to Israel, he says, when you enter the land and you have homes that you did not build, vineyards that you do not plant, do not forget. What was he warning them about? Complacency. He said, sometimes when you are experiencing things and there's a house and there's vineyards and there's results, you can become complacent. And he said, do not forget, there's some things that as an individual and a leader, we can never forget. And there are some things that we must always remember to do. So God was telling Israel, you can't forget God. And there's things that God's asked you to do. No matter how many times you've done them, you cannot forget to do them. See, that's why the Lord's Prayer is give us this day. We don't get to live off past memories. 
There are not memories when it comes to the kingdom of God. There is today. Give us this day our daily bread. We have to be productive today. The Bible says in Exodus, if we we diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, that word diligence basically means this, to do what you know you're supposed to do, even when you do not feel like doing it. So diligence is just saying, hey, I'm going to do it. Man, I do not feel like doing it. If I ask anything in my body, it doesn't want to do it. My mind is tired of doing it. That's all right. We never take God for granted. And we never take for granted the very things God's asked us to do. But biblically, this was the very thing that Samson did in the Old Testament. He became complacent. He no longer had that vital relationship with God. He no longer had that daily encounter with God. He no longer had that fresh breath of God in his life. He didn't have it. And so what do we know? On his worst day, it says this. And Samson arose as he had done aforetime, but he did not know that the spirit had departed from him. See, he just took God for granted. He was coasting. He was mailing it in. He wasn't doing the things necessary to sustain valid leadership and viable ministry. He was no longer doing that. And as a result, what happened? He just got up and he assumed He assumed that God was going to be there. But God responds to commitment. He doesn't respond to coasting. So when you coast, God doesn't know where you're at. When you're committed, God will always find you. So that's what he did. See, there's not any level of leadership achievement where you get to quit growing. There's not any level of leadership achievement, where a leader gets to quit growing. Every leader has to grow. Every leader must grow. And so what does the Bible say on those days you want to become complacent? Stir up the gift. Take that gifting inside you and stir it. Just stir it up. Don't let it become complacent. Don't let it become stagnant. Don't let it become hardened on the top. Just stir it up. And as a leader, complacency can trap you in the danger zone. The third one is when pride finds you. When pride finds you. Now, this isn't new to anyone listening to this because this is probably the oldest trap of the danger zone that exists. This world has a saying, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. But if you're a Christian leader, that saying has to change. And that saying has to be this, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. If your eyes are on God, then your eyes are not on you. Because when your eyes are on you, is when pride begins. Pride begins when your eyes lift off God and begin to fasten themselves to you. Pride is when you become the center of attention, 
And whenever you're the center of attention, God is not. Pride is when you become the occupier of the moment and the time. And when you occupy the moment and the time, God is not occupying it anymore. There's the old acronym, ego. All of us have an ego. I've never met a leader that didn't have an ego. In fact, I will tell you, the high-powered leaders that I know, they have big egos. But here's what they learn to do. They understand what ego is. Ego is an acronym. It means to edge God out. That you start edging God out. You start putting you in and you edge God out. It's just a little bitty shift. A little less God, a little more of you. A little less God, a little more of you. A little less God, a little more of you until it's all about you. And when it's all about you, you think you deserve it. You think you deserve it. But here's the truth. I don't want what I really deserve because Jesus on the cross took what I deserved. I don't want to feel like I deserve anything. But how do we combat pride? Prayer is the kryptonite of pride. See, prayer focuses my attention upward. That's what prayer does. It reminds me who is God and who is not. It locates me above versus below. So when you begin to look at the danger zone, the danger zone just has some key things. It's anger that begins to get the best of you. It's complacency that gets in you. It's pride that gets a hold of you. And then there's weariness that can grow in you. Weariness that can grow in you. Sustainable leadership is challenging because it requires so much of you. Sustainable leadership is challenging because it requires so much of you. Jesus spoke about life management in Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 through 30. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He says, come unto me. He says, if you're going to manage life, You've got to manage it with me being a part of it. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. The distinction is clear. Those that physically labor, but also those that are laden with responsibility. See, I found that there are people that, that work hard. And when they vacation, they can get away from work. But when you lead, it's not the work that gets you. It's that you are laden. It's the responsibility that gets you. And what's hard for a leader is when the responsibility is just there every second, every moment, every part of the day. It's just there. And so when you vacation, you may no longer work, but you still have responsibility. And so you lead with this continued responsibility. And so where it's easy for some to get away from work, it's not as easy for you because you have responsibility. So here's the thing. You've got to create margin. If you don't come apart, you will fall apart. If you don't come apart, if you don't say, hey, God, all my responsibilities 
if you're not in charge of them, then it really doesn't matter. For these days, I'm letting go. For this time, I'm not holding on. I'm going to come apart and I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to spend time with you. I believe that the danger zone of leadership is not complex. It's pretty simple things that all of us have to navigate. The anger that gets to you. The complacency that grabs you. The pride that wants to find its way in you. And the weariness that wants to grow in you. This is the danger zone. What I would encourage you as a leader is to sit down. Take these four concepts. Maybe start at one to ten. Ten, I'm doing a great job. One, I'm doing a bad job. And go through and mark down how you're doing in each one of these areas. How are you doing when it comes to anger? How are you doing when it comes to just being weary? How are you doing when it comes to being complacent? How are you doing when it comes to being prideful? So all of these, they're just simple things, but they are the danger zone. We're seeing so many people implode today and explode today because they're not managing the danger zone. I hope this helps you. These are the kind of things that keep me going when I have to reflect and I have to think and I have to visit moments like these and say, how am I doing? And let me say, if you're a leader, the easiest thing for you to do is to think, how can I communicate this to others? But the most important thing you do is when you reflect and say, what is this saying to me? So take a peek and look at these four things. I want to remind you that on August 22nd, I will be doing the strategic church growth at John Nuzzo's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. October 20th and 21st, the North Texas Leadership Conference. Those are two meetings you really don't want to miss. I want to encourage you to sign up, and you can do that at GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. And then if you're in the Plano area, the GBSL.com, the School of Leadership, I want to invite you to go there and sign up. If you really have a desire to be a leader, this is going to be an intensive leadership journey. Thank you for joining me today. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.